Mate, we covered three states today. Yeah, we did. And the thing that I took out of it is that the the Brisbane Carnival is really starting to heat up. Yeah. That's all, that's all I really care about, let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And in probably the feature race of the day, um, full credit to the sponsors of that race as well. Um, but I think I've found one of the great get-out-of-the-casino bets of all time, and you'll actually be able to see that on my Ned's profile this weekend as well. Yes, uh, the Ned's profile is great, mate. Um you know, if you want to follow us in, if you followed uh, us in last week, you would have found a couple that's for sure. Maybe you find some more this week at some value, but uh, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But still, you can do everything else with the Neds app. You can get weird and exotic as well with the Neds same race multi. And, you know, there's no one else I'd rather bet with heading into the Brisbane Winter Carnival. Well, they also have a black book feature there, so you can black book ones for these prep runs into their grand finals. They have the futures markets there. You can do all that good stuff mm-hmm. with the good people at Neds. Mm-hmm. Damn right. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Man, I thought I thought we we're having time off here, but we're back already. We only need one week off, mate. We we work hard. Yeah. Or are we hardly working? I'm hardly working. Yeah. Um, so this is this is the most work I've done in about two weeks. <laughs> oh crikey. So this episode, DJ, we're gonna do things a little bit differently. We're gonna have we're going to preview the main race, the main kahuna over in the west, the uh, railway stakes, the group one over there. But we're also going to do a little bit of a look back of the spring and who we thought were the top performers. So, let's get stuck into that. We're going to kick off this week and we're going to do this for all of the WA group ones um, over the coming weeks. But we're going to kick off with the best sprinter miler performances that we thought we saw throughout the spring. So, kick us off. Uh, going to go Captain Obvious first up with uh, the big grey, classic legend. Yep. Uh, over in Hong Kong now, the big fella. Jeez, um, he's a good-looking horse. He's a fantastic-looking horse. Real specimen type. Um, yeah, no-brainer with him in the Everest. That run was absolutely insane. I think the, the thing that stood out for me most was Bossy's comments afterwards about how he was like, my thing. Bivouac, it yeah. was absolutely screaming home. Yeah. And then I look outside me and Classic Legend just finds another gear. Stole it. And look, that form since obviously been been franked in the VRC sprint with oh. Bivouac braining him. So Bivouac and then I think Trekking running second in the Moya, Gitra running winning the yes, yes, yes. So there's some pretty decent form lines out of that. Yeah. Um Yeah, can't can't knock you there. I didn't have it have him in there because I went bivouac um, as the other one, and I'm a pretty big knocker on this bloke. You are, but I can't. He down the straight. He's a different horse. Like, yeah, yeah, and and like you were saying to me, uh, interesting. Um, I guess next twelve months for him with a few international mm-hmm. trips. Yeah, and that's why I kind of kept him there because he's he's still an Aussie horse now but now he's going to take on the world which we haven't seen for a while I think from memory would have been either Hootson or Vidora who went overseas to compete over in Dubai or something so it's it's exciting um, and I did see um, 
this morning that Bivouac and Classic Legend had the same uh, rating of their wins. Yeah, I saw that as well. So, yeah, on par with each other. Who else, mate? Who oh, else? I've got to go VE uh, and specifically her run in the wink stakes first okay. up. First up, 1,400 metres, not her go. Not her go at all, but she was absolutely tough to win that, uh, which I think, you know, characterised her prep really. Tough runs, tough wins. Uh, obviously goes on to win the, the Turnbull, uh, which is 2,000 metres, mm. uh, and then wins the Caulfield Cup and, and runs a respectable uh, seventh. To finish off her prep in the Melbourne Cup, which is two miles. So she's gone from 1,400 metres to, to uh, 3,200 metres. So to me, that, that first up win just shows the class of the horse, really. Yeah. Uh, and, and that caught my eye. And I think I backed her pretty much every start apart from Melbourne Cup, uh, Melbourne Cup for the rest of the prep. So, yeah. Nah, respectable, mate. I. I didn't have her in the category. Um, I couldn't fit her in because I I just had a couple of others. But I'm going to go up to the 1,400 metre next. Behemoth, he did nothing wrong. No, yeah, he did nothing wrong. Wait, he he's, just, in, he's innocent. He, he picked up a couple of group ones of 1,400 metres, uh, handicap and weight for age, but he was at the top of the weights for both. Um, a lot of people said he couldn't win with that weight, but... He proved that he could. So yeah, especially when he's twice the size of the other horses, <laughs> it helps. Literally De- twice the size. Definitely helps. But he, um, he, I think you've we've kind of figured him out this prep though. Like he fourteen hundred meters is his go. Yeah, uh, twelve hundred against the absolute elite. He's not up to it. So because he ran fourth in the Golden Eagle as a four year old. Um, at 100 to 1. And then, yeah, he's picked up two group ones at 1,400 metres. So, 14, 15, possibly a mile. That's his sweet spot yeah. from now on. Uh, Going to go out to 1,600 metres, the mile, uh, for this one and, and look at Probabil's run in, in the Epsom. She's, she's mine as well, mate. So, talk to me. Talk oh, to look, me. I, just, I just think she uh, had to do a lot from that barrier uh, wide and, and she... Came home really strong in that race, and, and I was very proud of her. Uh, <laughs> I think I think great run from the horse, a better ride by the jockey. Uh, yep. K-Mac uh, knew that he had to get out um, from the barriers really positively, which he did. Um, then rode her like she was the best horse in the race. So, yeah, we were both on her that day. Yeah. So, that definitely stands out, the Epsom. Yeah, nah, and the Epsom form stood up quite well. And there's still a bit of that Epsom form... Heading around, I think there's a few runners that are in the gong this weekend. So, it'll be interesting to see how far that form can actually go. Yeah. Cool, mate. All righty. Let's get stuck in to our polo recipients. So, we haven't obviously done a pod for a couple of weeks. So, this is going to be anything and everything <laughs> yeah. over the last couple of weeks. Free but, for all. But our top tier, surely it's the same. Surely. Ah. <sighs> Look, this is the only time where a maroon polo is acceptable. <laughs> and I'm going to give the maroon polo Absolutely. to the mighty Queensland maroons. Absolutely. Oh, How that, satisfying was it? Oh, satisfying. Uh, look, I thought winning game one was enough, but as soon as we came out of the block strong in game three, I was like, no, nah, I want it all. I want the series. <laughs> I Leading into the series, like everyone else, I... 
I thought we were going to get swept. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I, I didn't think we'd get pumped, but I thought we'd get swept. Mm. And it, it is probably the worst from a purely from an ability perspective, Maroon side that I've seen in, in my lifetime from memory, especially with um, Ponga not playing. Like that was Fida wasn't playing. Big, Michael Morgan, big big outs. Yeah. So I forgot about those two too. So yeah, there was some there was some massive outs mm. and. Yeah, it's 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 a testament to the Queensland character, to Wayne Bennett's coaching, uh, and and a bigger testament, I think, to, to Cameron Munster. That that man is just puts on a maroon jersey, goes to another level, like uh, like our boy Dan Gagai. So yeah. that that for me is a top tier. I want to specifically shout out three blokes: Harry Grant, one yeah. of the great debuts, <laughs> the best. He'll play thirty games of Origin. Yeah, easy. Uh, obviously, Cam Munster. What a guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's got so many nicknames as Mate. well. Did you see uh, on Instagram uh, Fisher? Yeah. He he was with Dusty yeah, <laughs> at the game that. and they were going off. Yeah. And then I saw that he, um, I think it was either the NRL or Fox Footy or something, um, put up, you know, their standard photo of like Munster, man, the series. <laughs> and then. Fisher just commented, Munster. <laughs> so, I think those two boys will be joining them on at Byron Bay, which is a bit of fun. <laughs> joining forces, yeah. They call him the Prez. I don't know why. They call Who? Munster the Prez. The Prez. And those people like uh, Dan Carter mm. shared a story. Uh, Aaron Smith, uh, another All Black, mm. all shared a story with Munster being like the goat. So, yeah, <laughs> this right. man just, okay. he just transcends rugby league, I think, and- Universally liked. Yeah. His mm. post-match interviews were hilarious. And he just, oh, he's just a character. He, he just has no time for it. He just hates it. Yeah. Drop the F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and what we were saying on our um, group chat last night, I think he did give um, Cleary a bit of a clip. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, he called him out. I think that was, I think he was having a go. I don't think that was genuine. No. But it was funny. I was thinking about it. I'm like, gee, Cleary's had a bit of an average month because he lost the grand final and then he lost loses origin. <laughs> yeah. Look, he, he was okay last night, but uh, there's, there's someone else I want to shout out from the Queensland side. And I'm not a massive fan of him, um, but I, it was good to see last night uh, DCE mm. lift up the trophy and with that mic drop call of saying, yeah. on behalf of the worst Queensland team ever, and uh, lifts the shield. Yeah. So that's a, it's a genuine. Like anime character redemption arc, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, because yeah. he he was booed at one stage by the Queensland yeah. crowd. Yeah, no, nah, I just oh, I still don't I still don't like him. But he nah. um he's just hard. I don't I don't know what it is. Um, anyway, but yeah, it was good to take. It was I did like that he gave Paul Gallon a bit of a serve for that. So good to see, mate. Good to see. Um, who's your middle tier? Uh, look, heading into middle tier, before that, I'm just going to give a quick shout out, uh, like a top tier honorable mention to our mate Swepo. Well, he was my middle tier. So, oh, was he? Well, yeah. there you go. <laughs> so, made the test squad, the young fella. He's been on absolute fire. So, um, it's been great to see middle tier because he's returning from Adelaide. He's had to self-isolate for two weeks. <laughs> poor, poor Mitch. So, um, yeah, but. Extremely proud of the young man. Mm. Thoroughly deserved. Well deserved. Been spinning absolute webs. Yes, he has. So, who's well, yours? middle tier. I'm going to say off-season trade periods. 
Yes. And it's going to be a middle tier because there's some really good things that happen, awesome things, and there's some terrible things that happen as well. So specifically in the NBA and the AFL, I think, is, is the real focus over the last sort of few weeks. And in the NBA, there's always blockbuster moves and it's it's almost as entertaining as the regular season. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Um, it. Take a look at the AFL. you got Joe Danaher coming to Brisbane, which is awesome. Uh, saw him basking in... Uh, Tenerife's glory at Green Beacon the yeah. other week. So, shout out, Joe. He's ready. He wasn't getting fussed too much either, you know. He'll love the lo- that. The locals probably don't know who he is. No. Which and, is awesome. The Danaher name is famous in AFL circles. It goes back decades, if not a century, that name. So, he'd be stoked that he's away from Victoria because all the nuffies down there would be loving him. He's badgering him all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so that's all good stuff, but... Some terrible stuff to come out of the trade period as well. Some poor form from Collingwood, man, if you want to talk about that a bit. Well, that they're my bottom tier, Collingwood, the Collingwood Football Club. So, I sent you a um, screenshot, but before I get through all that, because they've just had an absolute stinker, I just can't believe that no one talked to Jaden Stephenson before he got traded. He had to ring Nathan Buckley. Um because, yeah, he was like, mate, I've been hearing that I'm on the trade table. What's happening is like, yeah, mate, you are. You need to seek a trade. And he wasn't like, he wasn't angry at the club. He was just like disappointed. And he was, he was, the way he was talking, he was just a bit shocked and in disbelief. And I was watching it. I was watching that interview live because I had it, had it up. And, um, like Matthew Lloyd and um, Stephen Silvani, and still Stephen Silvani used to be GWS's list manager. They were just there with their mouths open. They're like, "I cannot believe you've been." His and they said, "The AFL industry is listening to this, mate. You've done nothing wrong. Collingwood are going to be looked after horrifically out of this because they people won't be believing how you've been taken care of." So, this is the guy that was there. I think it was their last first-round draft pick and they only have one first-round draft pick on their list since 2014. So, they've given up over the last five years, which makes this even more mind-boggling. They gave up two first-round picks in 2015 and 16 for Adam Trelaw. They picked up Stephenson for a pick six for their first-round draft pick. Then they gave up two first-round draft picks for Dane Beams, but things went sour for him so they haven't had a first round a first round um pick come through their doors in like six seasons so where's the upper echelon of talent well they had it then they're trading it away for nothing it's bizarre it's it's really poor list management as well like they had to get rid of over two million dollars in salary cap room so but the way they did it was just like they weren't transparent about it and i read a um an email that they sent out to their members, which was going around on Instagram, and all the comments were like, this is still not good enough. The Pies fans were absolutely furious. Yeah, and they're passionate fans as well. I, I, I can completely understand it. And, yeah, as someone who doesn't support the club uh, and is, you know, relatively new to being a big AFL fan, it, I, I, I was in disbelief. I'd never seen anything like it before. No, I, I haven't seen it either. Like, Brisbane went had a really bad period for about five years where basically every single first or second round draft pick left the club. And we got 
like Brisbane got some uh, compensation for that, but it it wasn't great, and that's why they're in the position that they were in for so long. This has a like looking at that history, Collingwood could be in some real strife for the next decade. And if I was a top recruit, why would I go to that club now? No. If they treat me like that, like Trelaw was the hottest property in that um, in that trade season or one of. So why why if I was like a Stephen Canelio from GWS or something wanting to move back to Victoria, why would I go there? Yeah, especially with all the pressure that comes with donning that jersey from the yeah. fan base oh, and expectations. Crazy. It's bizarre. Bizarre. Crazy stuff. Um, well, yeah, so look, sticking with bottom tier stuff, I'm going to give a stinky purple polo to Gus Gould. Enjoy that on your back, mate. <laughs> going to give Payne Haas an orange. Enjoy oh, that, mate. You were terrible mate. last night. Tino won that battle. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to give a dishonorable mention to Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah. Done. They, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's leave it on that, mate. I, I don't think there's much more to say there. <laughs> stinky purple polo for stinky. Gus Gould. I'm so stinky, mate. So stinky. <laughs> okay. Mate, so let's get deep diving into the main event over in WA this weekend. So, we have the Railway Stakes. So, where I get all this stats from, mate, they had an absolute history book about this race. My God. <laughs> Which I needed because I I don't follow the WA racing as, fo- as closely as I probably should, but that's fine. So, mate, this race has been going since 1887. Oh wow! A long to long time. It's a sixteen meter, sixteen hundred meter handicap. Just in case you were <laughs> still doing the form, um, but there's a few different lead-ins. So the popular ones are the Lee Steer Stakes, so fourteen hundred meters, which KC won. Now she won. Um, I think it might have been the Kingston Town Group One uh, there last year over eighteen hundred meters. So she. You know, she's there or thereabouts at Group 1 level. Uh, so, KC won that. Red Can Man ran second and old Special K ran third. Gap back to him too. So, no thank you. Um, <laughs> the Asian Bow Stakes is another one. 1,400 metre handicap. Uh, Inspirational Girl won that uh, with Too Close to the Sun running second. And Red Can Man again ran third. So, he's been there or thereabouts in pretty strong form lines. And the RJ Peters 1,500-meter handicap, uh, truly great, uh, won that with Flo and Moshad, I believe it's called, ran, running third. So I think out of those three, might just be truly great who's running. So, nine of the last 19 winners have come through the Lee Steers. So, that is the KC race. So, Special K, uh, Red Cam Man or KC, uh, the prominent ones there. Only three non-WA horses have won since 2001. So, the locals, they do pretty well. So, the local lead-up races mean more than, than what you'd yeah. expect, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because let's be honest, if you've got an Eastern board horse and it, you sh- it shows in the form, if they're going over to WA, they're second tier. They're not group one yeah, horses. They're not group one East Coast horses, are they? No. Um, only three favourites have won since 2007. So wow, yeah, interesting. Um, only four mares have won since. Uh, sorry, have won in the last thirty-one years. 
Oh, okay. Nuts, well, the favourites which, are man, from memory. Yep. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Um, which I think that actually bucks the trend a little bit for mile races. I feel like mile races are pretty even. It's more the staying races that the, the girls struggle in. Um, and only four horses have carried more than 55 and a half kilos and one since 1972. So, you want something with a, with a lighter weight. Okay. Lighter weight. Um, ideally a boy not by a, the sounds of it. <laughs> ideally not a girl. Um, and you want a local. So, and as always, mate, I haven't gone close to meeting that criteria. I found something different. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Um, but... Looking at the speed map for this, I have Galo Chop going for um, going forward um, with the probably old fella. great shot, who's um, drawn pretty well down low and too close to the sun um, for Lindsay Smith, who's been in pretty good form uh, this prep. Um, he'll probably take a sit behind with maybe Red Cam Man as well. So I reckon that's your top four in the running. How did you see this one playing out? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting that you. Uh that you went through those stats and, and there's a, f- a couple of those stats. One, the, the fact that hardly any mares have won this race recently and, and uh, yeah, there was another stat that you said that there was another knock against Inspirational Girl, though I can't remember what it is. The favourites. The yeah. favourites don't win it often. Because uh, I was tossing up between um, the stablemates, number 11, Inspirational Girl, and, and number 15, Truly Great. Yeah. Uh, I think Truly Great's been treated really well at the weights here. Mm. Uh, five-year-old gelding uh, draws the wide barrier, but I don't think that'll be too much of an issue over the 1,600 metres, hopefully. Uh, starting to build a pretty impressive record. Three wins on the trot, going for four in a row. Comes through that uh, Peter Stakes. Group three wins that. Quick backup. Uh, but from what you said, I think that's a pretty key race that Peter's is a leader. Yeah, it is. And I went through Truly Great's form and the one time it had a quick backup was in July this year and it won by two and a half lengths, three lengths back to third. So it it could just be an absolute elite backup horse. That's one sample size. Yeah. Look but- Look, mate, that type of stat cannot hurt. Yeah. Look, the, I think the big tick for Inspirational Girl, though, is the, the middle barrier and pikey on the back. That's a huge tick. Uh, so, I think it'll be very hard to beat, but but I'm actually going to go with the, the stable, mate, uh, number 15, truly great. I think from the wide barrier, if it can get forward, if it can sit sort of off pace, midfield, uh, get a split around the bend, uh should be every chance to, to win. I think you can't knock its form leading in. Uh, I'm expecting we'll have a, a, a good four probably by the time we get to Saturday. Yep. Great great record on, on a good track, but even if it is a little bit softer, record's fine. Distance for two starts, it's one and comes second. Uh, I think it's overs, 13 bucks. Last starter, I think it was a dollar. 80 so yeah i think for that price i'm definitely happy to find out but no knock an inspirational girl it's got a fantastic record uh pikey on the back uh, middle barrier i think it'll go pretty well um one other horse that i do want to shout out which i think is a real chance is is the horse that you says got some formal along a few of these winners uh red cam man number eight so that's my top three really um truly great inspirational girl and, and red cam man yeah, well, we're seeing this very similarly. Um, I've, I've, I really, I really did want to pick Truly Great on top, but 
that barrier really, it spooked me a bit, um, especially because it's not necessarily a back marker. It likes to get midfield. So I'm just a bit concerned where it's going to sit. Um, I still think it'll run a great race. And I think looking through, uh, uh, it's it's really well treated at the weights. Yeah. But so is Inspirational Girl and she's my on-top selection. Um, the big, big tick for me is just with Pike on board for the Peters team, um, that's that's your, that's your guy. <laughs> bread, bread and butter. Mate, he gets his pick. So, um, and... Look, looking at these um, both replays of both these horses last time, Inspirational Girl was about four lengths back, uh, four pairs back on the fence. Uh, didn't get out till the two hundred, and it's still one. Beat home too close to the Sun, who came out last week and won by four and a half lengths. Yeah, right. So um, now there is a caveat to that form line. On a heavy track, which too close to the sun is an absolute swimmer, so probably met some better off at the conditions, and it was eighteen hundred meters, so which is more closer to his uh, ballpark. That's why I haven't really featured in him into my numbers because I've, the shortest distance is one out of seventeen hundred. Yeah, I, I didn't like the fact that he was coming back uh, for the sixteen hundred here and and coming off a heavy track win. I think it takes a bit out of the horse. So, Lindsay Smith. He's an absolute wizard, so he could um, he could weave a bit of magic there. But uh, happy happy to take him on. So my trifecta in the race is Inspirational Girl on top, truly great running second, and I had Red Cam Man who going through his form. No knock, no knock. Um, the distance is the biggest query for mine. I think he will be into his into this race to in his eye to his eyeballs to about hundred out, and then I reckon they'll just be. Running past him. Um, I think looking through his form, though, he's been carrying a stack of weight a lot of the time. He drops a lot of weight here. So, yeah. I think he's been treated really well, the weight. weight. So, I think uh, I think this is his grand final, like a lot of horses in the race. But I think he's been, um, yeah, perfectly prepared for this race. Yeah. The other thing about Truly Great as well is like this boy's won – at 1,800, 2,200 as well, whereas you look at Inspirational Girl, she's she thrives at the 1,600. So, that's just the thing that steered me in her direction over his, but if he wins, I'll be very annoyed with myself. Um, <laughs> so, did you just have the same trifecta in different order? Yeah. So, yeah, truly great um, to win Inspirational Girl second uh, and, and Red Cam Man to run third. Uh, I think there's some value in this race. Uh, I can't believe the price of Truly Great. I really can't. So, that's why I want to have it on top because if it wins, that'd be nice. Thank uh, you. But, yeah, look, I I think Inspirational Girl, uh, Brad's really keen on on her as well. Uh, yeah. I think they've they've been drawing sort of similarities between her and, and the Queen. So, yeah. would not be surprised if she wins yeah. at all. Nice one. Good stuff, mate. Okay, let's take a quick break and then we're going to preview the gong. Not the a group, gong. Not a group one, but a bloody good race. Worth a mil. <laughs> Alrighty, mate, the gong. So, I think it's the second ever running of the gong. Um, last year, won by the Enigma himself, Mr. Seawolf. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember that. But tell you what, mate, this is a handy little race. It's a 1,600-meter handicap, um, and that's pretty much all the info that I'm going to give you. So, <laughs> But at Kembla Grange, which is a bit of fun, uh, it's good to see that like they're just building racing 
outside of the peak season as well. Yeah, and New South Wales lead this. Oh, New South Wales racing, and guess who? Guess who heads it up? <laughs> Old, <laughs> or uh, Peter Valandes himself? <laughs> Peter Valandes, <laughs> Vandalays. Uh, yeah, they, they do a fantastic job of having something of interest when there's a big race day somewhere else. Just say, don't forget about us. Yeah. Don't forget about us. We're still here. So, yeah, awesome to see. And, and hopefully there's more of it. I think uh, Queensland Racing could learn a thing or two uh, well, from, from this. They they were going to have some stuff um, in the pipeline for this uh, winter slash autumn slash summer carnival, whenever it was. Um but due to COVID, the new races that they were putting forward, similar to this, not exactly this, but similar, they didn't go ahead because they pulled, I think they pulled the majority of the group ones that they had. So it was basically the Stradbroke and uh, the JJ Atkins that only yeah. ran. So, Do they not have the 10,000 this year? No. No, they Jesus didn't have because right, yeah. there's three sprint group ones yep. in Brisbane and they only ran the one, the Stradbroke. So, and I think the Queensland Cup didn't go ahead. Um, the Derby didn't go ahead. Like, yeah. So, anyway, um, hopefully Queensland Racing, um, everything goes tickety-boo like next year. But the gong, mate. So, a few different form lines coming through here. You have um, some Melbourne runners coming up. You have... Um, you also have the Epsom form lines and the Golden Eagle as well. Yeah. So Cantala, Golden Eagle, Epsom. Bit there's a bit on. Some I like, purple sector sector ran on Cup Day. Over eighteen hundred meters. So I don't know how to put this all <laughs> together, but we'll give it a red hot crack anyway. So I don't think there's a hell of a lot of speed in this race. Um you have Arcademus going forward with probably Olmedo um, and then positive piece is always handy up forward. But Think it over potentially as well. I think um, the horse that can, and Brandenburg usually sits handy on speed too, um, but I think the horse that has proven that he can take a sit, very versatile, good horse, Dawn Passage, um, I think he'll have to from barrier one. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, who's on the back of him? Yeah, Timmy Clark. So, I think that shows their hand there. He usually rides this horse, so um, he knows it pretty well. Um, probably not as dynamic when they ride it forward, but it's still one in doing so. So, I think he's he's probably the one I'm most keen on because ran out of its skin in the Golden Eagle, had three weeks to get over that run. It's trialed since, won that trial. Um by, you know, quarter of a length, but gap back to third. You know, I think he, in my books, is the most likely winner. Yeah, I think so, mate. I, th- I think you call it perfectly. His, his run in the Golden Eagle was, was great on a, on a heavy track, which isn't suitable. So, uh, untried at the mile. Uh, mm-hmm. but I think he, I think based on his Golden Eagle run, uh, he looks ready for this. Third up. So, look, I, I'm not sure what the, this table said, but this could very well be his grand final worth a million dollars. Um yeah, so hopefully he doesn't get boxed in uh, from that barrier one draw. Uh, but, yeah, I think Timmy Clark is, is a good call on top and uh, will ride him positively. Yeah, I, I think Dawn Passage will win. I think, yeah, third up last prep, that was when he won the uh, Hawkesbury Guineas by nearly three lengths where 
that was by far his best win of the prep where that pretty much got him in to be favourite for the Stradbroke yeah. off of that. Um, that was the race that IndyCar was supposed to run in. That's right. It was sold to Hong Kong. So I would have loved to have seen those two go head-to-head again and IndyCar win. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> but I do see an interesting little gear change here for Dawn Passage. Stallion chain, first time. Now, I think that is where they wrap that around the sack or something similar. <laughs> you must be carrying an absolute weapon. Yeah, so you need to, might have to have a license for that thing. <laughs> you don't, I, I do like looking at the gear changes every now and then. You just see some that are just strange. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't pay that much attention to the gear changes. I probably should, though. Um, yeah, my favourite gear change would have to be the barrier extension because it just means you've got a massive horse. <laughs> He's got a big horse. Hey, it's work a, for a Finch or a, or a behemoth type. Mate, work for Johnny Get Angry in the Derby. <laughs> yeah, it did. Barrier extension, bang, he wins. Oh, unbelievable. Barrier extension, blinkers on, on your boy, on your Johnny boy. All right. So, who else Who do you, Who do else do you reckon features in this race? Oh, look, the, the other two horses that I've got to round out my trifecta, uh, no knock on Purple Sector. Uh, you know, no knock at all. I think uh, it should run a good race here. Draws well, in good form. No knock at all. And then last horse, uh, I think, is there or thereabouts and should be up for this with the Hawks team uh, training it. Tommy Berry on top, which is a tick, uh, is number four rock. So I think it'll run a good race and, and round out the trifecta for me. Yeah, so game day decision from me to change my betting strategy on Derby Day. In the Cantala, I went each way on rock opposed to 50 stars because of the hard track. So, this guy loves it rock hard, pardon the pun. Um, so, I think he'll feature here. Don't don't mind the barrier draw. He gets back anyway. So, yeah. Um, lack of speed might be the thing that defeats him. Um, so, I'm happy to take him on. And I don't think he's treated that well at the weights either. Um, he's usually getting weight off others, not having to make it up himself. Um, the other one for me, um, that he, this guy's done nothing wrong. And uh, that's number 15, but Tager. And he's well down in the weights, 52 kegs. My goodness. Gee um, I just think, uh, look, he's won at 1,500 and 1,800. He is a schnitzel. Um, he's a snitchel horse, so he shouldn't be running out those distances. But you know what? He's defying it, mate. He's doing it, doing it anyway. So I think he'll um he'll appreciate uh the mile. He's had a great prep. He was super in the um Golden Eagle as well. Um, he just got way too far back. Um, so I reckon he'll he'll feature nicely, and he usually gets back in his runs as well. So. The wide draw, I'm not too phased about. But I have Dawn Passage on top, Rock running second, and Batega for third. Nice, man. Seeing things very similarly this week, which is either a good thing or a bad thing. Well, mate, we're sitting in the Quinella positions in the uh, Group 1 tally, so that's something, isn't it? Oh, we are too, yeah. Well, that is something. I'll tell you what, if Positive Peace wins... Surely not. $26. Oh, mate, oh. I'm looking at $27 at Reloaded at the moment and I'm just <laughs> having nightmares about that. No, I think Dawn Passage will be too good. So, uh, yeah, look, I'll, I'll have a play in this race. So I might play in a few exotics, a few Joe exotics. Yeah, nice. So you had uh, Dawn Passage on top. Yes. Rock. 
And was it? Purple I think Purple Sector, Sector will run Purple second, Sector. and I've got Rock to, to finish third. Sector, yeah, he's had some different form lines. The Sector, but he's been flying this prep. Yeah, no knock. So I, I can't see him running a bad race here. Yeah, nice one, mate. Okay, so I believe that's just about it. We just have some juicy stakes to bring to the people. So who's your Ruffy or your value bet of the day? Well, I've got to go truly great in the feature. Mm. 13 bucks for a win, about 3 bucks 70 for a place. That's some real value, I think. I think yeah. it's a silly price. Yeah, nice. I had Bottega in the, uh, in the gong. To be honest, punters, I didn't do a lot of form this weekend. I did the two races and that's about it. So I'm having a, having a bit of a break, having a breather to refresh the batteries. So I'm only doing the two races for mine. Uh, did you have an each way? Or? I do have an each way uh, in Ascot. So, this is my theory. I'm not taking Pikey in the feature. So, I think he'll win the other races, basically. <laughs> so, if you go to race seven, number seven, um, special choice. Pikey's on the back. It's in good form. Got the good silks. <laughs> you love those I silks. I love those silks. Uh, $7 for a win, $2.50 for a place. So, um, yeah, I'm going against Pikey in the uh, in the feature. So, he's he'll be my each way and my best bet. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough, mate. Um, look, because I did the form for the two races, I didn't have an each way, but I think Truly Great's going to run a great race. So, you know what? I'm kind of <laughs> nipping myself in the butt here, but go Truly Great in that. And I, for my best bet of the day, I had Inspirational Girl. I just, yeah, yeah. so weird Fair. flex from me, but, you know. You know, play on. It is what it is. That's what we do here. Yeah. We just, you know, watch the beat of our own drum. Yeah, we do. Uh, well, yeah. Again, got to go with Pikey. Pikey in the last. Oh, Number 12, Festival Miss. $5.50 at the moment. What am I doing? I don't know. Pikey in the last with those silks, please. Mate, let me just let me have a look here. <laughs> Let's have a look. So, what race we got here? 1,400 meter listed race. So, one at the 1,200, 1,400 meters. Looks like it is second up. Let's have a look here. Second up. Yeah, it's done, you know, it's not bad work. Loves the track. Yeah, nah, can't talk you about that. Pike in the last, mate, with those silks. That's all you need to know. Uh, so, look, <coughs> we've got a – what would you call those? What would you call those silks? Um, who's the owner? Uh, the Peters Investment. Peters Investment, so that's right. So That race that you went through is named after Peters' team. For oh, of course. Grade. There you go. Yeah. Those silks, uh, I've got my roughy, uh, I've got my each way and my best bet. Mate. So, based on their strike rate, one of those will get get up punters. Hopefully, it's truly great. Mate, it's, you know, look, it's, it's the Ascot version, mate. You just need to pick things in those silks. That's pretty much what I do for my quarty picks anyway. <laughs> So, so do I actually. Yeah. Uh. Alrighty, mate. Well, that is us done and dusted. So, I think next week we have a bit more going on. I think it's the winter bottom next week. So, that was one last year by Hey Doc. So, God, that horse just keeps popping up, doesn't yeah, he? He pops up. Um, but yeah, so that one is a 1200 meter contest. So I think what we'll do there is we'll touch on our best three year olds. Um, yeah, let's do that. Because we did the sprinter milers. And then for the Kingston Town, we'll do the stayers um, that caught our eye over the spring. So until next week, punters, we'll see you then. Have fun in the West, guys. <laughs>